Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Great to see you if you're here, if you're online, wherever you are. We're glad you're here with us this morning. And man, you picked a good week to be here. We're talking and we're in a series called DIY. And you kind of know what DIY is. It's the do-it-yourself. But here's what it is. I, I think so often what we do now when we're about to do something, especially we've never done it before, but we're like, oh yeah, I totally got this, is we go online, we watch a couple of videos, we find some things that somebody else has already done, and then we go and do it. And maybe you're like me, but you, it, when you break things down to like steps, it's amazing what you can just get done. You're like, I, I actually did that. And that's really what we're looking at is breaking some of these some spiritual things down to just some simple habits and decisions. And that really is oversimplifying it. But when we break it down, it, it really can be that simple. We take some small steps. And, and like last week, we looked at this one, this really mind-blowing step of don't stop. Like, yeah, don't, don't stop. Mind-blowing, I know. But if you want to guarantee failure, just quit. Like you, you, can, you, can, you can fail at anything, just stop right? You're done. I quit. I give up. You're at the finish line. You're about to cross. Too bad. I quit, right? And, and, and the verse that we looked at was Philippians 1.6. We said, don't stop because I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finished. And we're like, hey, keep going. Don't stop no matter what you're doing. And so today we're going to keep going. And here's what I want to say. I want to say today this. I want to say God wants to help you. Now, there's a difference between do it yourself and do it by yourself. Okay, there, there, there is a difference. Anybody ever do something by yourself that you shouldn't have? Like, like by yourself? I remember I was working and uh, I was working on some lights in our, in our youth center at the church I was at. And the, the, to, to get up to all the stage lights, they had this lift. It was a genie lift, and it was electric, and you'd have to like charge the thing, and it had this, this bank of car batteries on it. You'd climb up in it, and of course, you'd put a harness on, and then you'd, you press this button, and it goes, and an electric like, lifts you up, and I could get up there and work on the lights, and I'd have to go back down and crank all four of the arm legs back up and move it over a few feet, because I would never climb out on the edge of the thing and do that. So then you have to move it over, and you'd crank it back up. Well, I was up on the stage working, and I got those lights right, and I looked out, and there was some, some lights I needed to get out in the auditorium area, but it, there was a stage like this, except it didn't have stairs. It just dropped straight off. And was there like, it must have been like after hours or something, because nobody else is around. And so I'm looking around, and nobody's there to help me. Well, this big machine that probably weighs like eight or 900 pounds is got this cage and this big heavy bottom and all these batteries and things and stuff in it, and I'm like, it's designed to tip and to be lowered downstairs, or, or down, a, down off of a stage. And I'm like, I could probably do that by myself. I'm like, I could do it. You guys are looking at me like, no, you couldn't. But I thought, like, oh, I, probably, I could probably do this. But I was like, no, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. So remember, I ran out. I'm looking for, for anybody who can help me, and no one can help me. And I'm like, I just got to get that so I can be done. So I take this lift, and it's got this handle that goes in it. So I, I put the handle in it, which helps you get some leverage to tip it. And so I tip the whole thing up and spin it around. And now it's tipped, ready to go down these, down these stairs. And, but there are no stairs, so it's really just off. I, I keep saying stairs because there's stairs here. But ready to go off of the stage. And the stage is about maybe this high, maybe 28, 29 inches, something like that. 
And I begin to, to push it, and it gets right to the edge, just like it's supposed to. So now I go around to the other side, and I grab it, and I pull it towards me to kind of like just help it slide down gently. So I get over there, and I start to pull it. And when I do, just the weight of this thing just shifts, right, of course, right onto me. And I'm like, oh, this is heavy. And I'm like, okay, this is way heavier than I thought. And I'm sitting here just holding it. And I'm like, uh, and my legs are kind of like, like shaking. And I'm like, I'm in trouble. Like, this is heavy. And as I'm holding it, as I'm holding it like this, I feel my left shoulder, because my arms are locked and I'm trying to just like keep this in here. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I need a straight line from my back leg to this thing. So I'm like, kind of like this, like just, just then all the weight is through here. And I don't know how my mind works. Anyways, I'm like, just hold it, hold it, hold it. I feel my shoulder start to like roll out of socket, like up and out. And I'm like, help. And of course, nobody's in the room. Nobody was in the room. Still nobody's in the room. Anybody would have just come, if they walked in the room, they'd be like, idiot. And they'd have come to my rescue, but nobody's there. So I'm holding this thing and I'm just like, if I hold, my my arm is just going. I I can feel this thing like coming out. I'm like, ah, I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? So I jump out of the way and push it and just literally just throw it and boom, this thing falls to the ground. I'm like, I should not have done that by myself. I got into something I should not have done by myself. I needed help. And let me just say this, God wants to help. God wants to help you and he wants to help me. He wants to help us. Matthew 7, 7 says, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened, ask and you will receive. So here's the thing, the life that God's called us to, we need him for it. We need him for it. Philippians says this, for I can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. God wants to give you strength. He wants to help you. In what? In everything. Now, how many of you know that not all help is the same? Some people come to help and you're like, that that wasn't much help. Other people come and you're like, yes, please. Like, absolutely. I remember I was, uh, I had bought a house and I'm like, I'm going to redo this thing, and then I'm just going to like maybe live in it for a while and sell it. And I was like, you know, I don't really like it that much, but it's like it's something I'll just buy. I still live there. That was 18 years ago. But anyways, so I was like, I'll just buy this thing and get rid of it. But I was redoing the floors, and it had all wood floors, and I ripped up the carpet. And I was like, oh, I'll redo these. And I'm like, but I was working a full-time job. I'm like, I don't have time to do this. I'm like, I know what I'll do. I'm going to do an all-nighter. And so I rented a bunch of uh, flooring sanders, and I, I spent like $700 on sandpaper just to make sure I had enough sandpaper because Home Depot was not open at 1 o'clock at night. So I'm like, okay, or in the morning, whatever that would be. So anyways, I buy all this sandpaper, I get all these tools, and I get somebody who's like, I'll help you. I'll stay up all night with you. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I'll tell you what, if you'll do that, I know you could use some money. I'm like, I'll even pay you. He's like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, okay, great. So I get out of work, and I go get all of this stuff, and I've got, I've got three sanders, more sanders than I need, but there's going to be two of us working, and we're going to get this all done. We're just going to like sand all night long. It's going to be amazing. Sand, sawdust everywhere. It's going to be awesome. I get out of work. I get all that stuff set up, and sure enough, here comes this guy who's going to come help me. So he's going to come help me, and I'm like, all right. I go upstairs. I get him started with this edge sander upstairs. I'm like, okay, you're going to do this part here first. You know, here's a hammer and a little punch. Make sure all the nails are down, and then um, go around with the sander. He's like, okay. I'm like, I'm going to start down here. So I'm down sanding, and he's upstairs sanding, and we're working. And about 45 minutes goes by, and he comes downstairs. He's like, hey, 
I'm like, yeah. He goes, um, I need some more sandpaper. I'm like, what do you mean you need more sandpaper? It's been 45 minutes. And I know why I spent $700 on sandpaper. I was going to return it. I'm like, I know I'm not going to use all this. Like, what do you mean? And I go up there, and he didn't punch down any of the nails. So he would take this edge sander, hit a nail, which would put a bald spot on the sandpaper, and then leave like stripes in the floor. And so he'd change the sandpaper, put a new one in, and he'd go a little further. And he went through in this one little 12 by 14 room, he went through 15 sanding pads. And I'm just like, no, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, okay, no, no, no. I'm like, oh, you, 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 you got to pound the nails in first, like I, like I told you the first time. Like, you got to do that. So we get, we get that all straightened out. I think I even sent him to go get some more sandpaper. I'm like, well, this is getting expensive. So then he gets some more sandpaper just for that. And I had all kinds of, the $700 wasn't just that. It was all kinds of sandpaper because we had a belt sander and then we had the edge sander and then we had a vibration sander. So we had all of this stuff. Well, he works for another two hours and then he comes downstairs and he's like, I'm done. And I go, what? I go, we, what happened to all night? He goes, I'm done with this. this I, I'm, not, I'm not doing this anymore. And he just walks out of the house. And I'm like, I rented equipment because you said you'd be here to help me. And he left. I remember I walked upstairs. And I'm like, he didn't do anything else those last two hours. There's just a pile of a bit more burnt through sandpaper. There's a couple of holes in the floor. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then he drug some trash out over top of the floor and gouged it. And the scratch is still there. And I still see it when I go upstairs and think about him. I mean, I know, I know. I've forgiven him completely, but I still see this huge gouge that he put in the floor. And I'm just like, that was not help. That was not help at all. Like it cost me more in sandpaper and time. Like that is not help. When I say God wants to help, that's not what he wants to do, okay? And then there's the other kind of help. There's the other kind of help. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of handy. I can get some stuff done, but something that has been, plagues me is plumbing, okay? I don't know how many of you can just like relate to that one, but when it comes to plumbing, it's just like, how is this leaking? Like, are you serious? And so we were doing some stuff with a, a bathroom in the basement, and I finished plumbing it. This is before shark bite and pecs, and so you're, you're sweating all the joints. And so I sweat everything, and I get it all done, and I'm like, okay. And I turn it on, and there's this one little pinhole. It's like, it's like, it's leaking. I'm like, okay, that's no good. So I turn it all off, and I have to dry everything out, and I torch it, I do all this, and I solder it again, nothing. I bet you I spent three hours drying this out and undoing it and redoing it and trying to do it and fix it, and I just could not do it. So finally, finally, I'm like, I call my buddy, I call Mark. I go, Mark! And I told him what I did, and he just laughs. He's like, I'll be over in a little bit. And he shows up, and he comes downstairs. He's like, what are you struggling with? I go, this joint right here. I go, it will not. And he just laughs. He goes, I got it. He's like, hold on. And he just takes his little torch, and he's like, hold on. You're good. And I go, do I need to check it? He goes, oh, no, you're good. I, it, it's good. So we let it cool a little bit. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, turn it on. I turn it on. It's all done. Like, I could have cried, I could have punched him, I could have kissed him, I could have done it all. I was so frustrated with it not working. But he showed up, and he actually helped. Like, he knew what to do, this is what it, and he's laughing at me. I just about burnt down two-by-fours, I'm torching things and figuring, oh my goodness. But he could help, he knew what to do. 
He knew exactly what to do. And when I say this, that God wants to help you, that you're not supposed to do this alone, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. He wants to give you strength, and it's pro-level help. It's not this, oh, is this going to work out? God knows what you do not know. He sees what you do not see. He exists outside of time. He knows what's ahead around corners. We're like, when's this going to end, and what's this is going to start? And God's like, I know. That's the person that wants to help. That's the help I can use. Like, that's the help I can use. Not that I'm going to run out halfway. No, that's not God. He's never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. God wants to help. But we have to let him help. And we sang about it. I love what Adam said. Like, it's, it's easy to say, but hard to do. It's so easy to just, just say some things. Like, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rely on you. God, help me. But then how do, we, how do we do that? It's kind of like Becca describing some of the projects that she would like to do around the house. There's one in particular that she's wanted to do for a really long time. She wants to just move the staircase outside. And I'm like, the, when, when you say move the staircase, like it sounds, like I hate the word just, but like you can't, you can't say that. Like move the staircase and then move it like outside. And this isn't the upstairs staircase. This is the staircase to the basement that's going to go outside. And I'm like, the list of things that are involved in just move the staircase, like it just, it, I'd open up a scroll and just keep on going. It can sound easy, but then you have to do it, and you're like, okay, well, we got to take this out and reinforce this and move this and cut through the wall here, which holds that, and oh my goodness. But I know it can seem that way. When I say trust God, when I say God wants to help, it's so easy to just say. But what we naturally do is we do this. This is what we do, is we do it our way, and then if it doesn't work, we pray. That's what, that's what we naturally do. We're like, okay, I'm going to look at it, I'm going to think about it, and then, oops, it didn't work, or it failed, or it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to, and then we pray, and then we run to God. But that's not where God wants to be. He doesn't want to be our emergency blanket that we run to, like, oh, I need this right now. No. He wants to be involved in all that we're doing. That we don't just decide, well, this is what looks good. Like we pick a college, how? Well, because I looked at it and this is the program and this is, you know, is going to help me the most and this is, this is going to get me closer to where I want to go. So I like this program, so I'm just going to do it. You know, I visited a few campuses and I made a decision. We didn't pray. We didn't even look at, or maybe we did pray a little bit, but we didn't even look at churches. We visited campuses, but we have no idea what churches we're going to go to when we get there, even if there is one for us to get involved in. And we, we take a job based on, well, it's going to pay really good, which is important, but then we end up working a job where we live for the weekends and clock in and out of a job that we don't enjoy in any way, shape, or form, and it's a drudge, but it pays us really well. God wants to help us. He wants to lead. He wants to guide us. There's so much that he wants to do. Education is important, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's seek God first. Let's seek God and see what he has for us to do and not, not exclude him from things, not just run to him when things go bad. When we try to do it without God, we, we screw it up. So often we screw it up. There's a story in the Bible of, of the Israelites, and they had just come into the promised land. Joshua is now leading this group of the Israelites. They'd come in, and they've already conquered Jericho, the city with these huge walls. I didn't know how they were going to do it. God helped them. Walls come down. It's amazing. They've conquered this. And, and some nearby people hear about it. They hear about 
the Israelites and what they did, and they're like, okay, this is not good. Like, if they, if they defeated Jericho, if they defeated these other kings, they're going to destroy us. Like, what should we do? Like, what can we do about this? We're, we're, oh my goodness. And their leaders come together, and they're like, okay, we're not stronger than these guys, but I know what we can do. Let's trick them. The Bible says they decided on a ruse. They're like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to send you, we're going to send some people to make a treaty with Israel. But they'll never do it if they think that we live where we do live, so we're going to lie, and we're going to tell them we're from a long, long ways away. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to send some people, and we're going to dress them in some worn-out clothes, worn-out sandals. We're going to give them moldy, old-looking bread. We're going to give them not just like a, a nice-looking animal to ride, like everything. They're like, we're going to make sure that it, all, it, it looks like you've been on the road for weeks and weeks, not just the days it took you to get there. That, that's what we're going to do. So this is what we pick up. We're going to read in Joshua 9, verse 8. So they show up, and this is what they say to Joshua and the leaders of the nation of Israel. They say, we are your servants, they said to Joshua. But Joshua asked, who are you and where do you come from? Verse 9. Your servants have come from a very distant country because of the fame of your Lord God, for we have heard the reports of him and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan and Cheyenne and Hezbin and the Og, the king of Banish, and who reigned in Ashtaroth. I'm probably slaughtering those names. Let's go to verse 11. Let's just keep going and forget the names. And our elders and all those living in the country said to us, take provisions for your journey. Go and meet them and say, we are your servants and make a treaty with them. And they said this. This is verse 12. This bread of ours was warm when we packed it at home the day we left to come to you. But now see how dry and moldy it is. If somebody's pointing something out like that, you're like, why are you doing this? Doesn't that just like shoot off red flags? And maybe it's because we can see this and we're outside of it and hindsight is all 2020, right? But I just hear them say that and I'm like, really? How did you not know that they were leading you to that? It just seems so obvious to me. And he says this, and these wineskins that filled, that we, they were filled, they were new, but see how cracked they are? And our clothes and sandals are worn out by the very long journey. It just, oh, anyway, verse 14. So the Israelites sampled their provisions, but they did not inquire of the Lord. It was one of those, this makes sense. This is a great next move. Look, obviously this stuff is old. They, didn't, they did not inquire of the Lord. They looked, they said, this is logical. Yep, this makes sense. This looks good. The clothes are worn, the sandals, I see the bread. Obviously, you've come a long way. But they didn't ask God. They didn't ask God. So verse 15, then Joshua made a treaty of peace to let them live. And the leaders of the assembly ratified it with an oath. So it wasn't just Joshua going out on a limb here. He did what we should all do, right? You're going to make a big decision. You don't make it alone. You get some advice. But none of them sought God. Advice is good. Outside advice is great. But none of them sought God in the whole thing. And it says this, verse 16. Three days after they made the treaty, the treaty with the Gibeonites, the Israelites heard that they were neighbors living nearby. Ruh row. Like, that's not good. This is not what they thought. So the Israelites set out on the third day. They came to their cities. Verse 18, but the Israelites did not attack them because their leaders of the assembly had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel, and the whole assembly grumbled against the leaders. They're like, it looked good. Everything seemed logical, but they didn't inquire of the Lord. And I know our tendency is when things don't go well to ask God for help, but let me just say this. The more certain we are, the more we need his help. 
the more we should pray. When things just seem straight and it seems great, let's pray. Don't wait for things to go bad, but to right now be like, okay, God, what is it you have for me? Psalms 37 says this in verse 23. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the righteous, of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. He wants to direct our steps. Often we want destinations like, God, what, what career do I take? What job do I move into? Like, who do I marry? And God's like, why don't you get a job anywhere? Just start with that. Get out of the basement. Like, go get a job. Date somebody. Like, like, he's like, take a step. God leads us in steps. But let me just say, the more certain we are, the more we need to seek God. Plan, absolutely. This is not a don't plan message. This is not like a, you need to, you need to, God to lead everything you do, so don't plan. Don't, don't put car gas in your car unless God tells you to. No, that's not, that's not what this is. Make plans, but surrender those plans to God. It's where you say, God, I give you permission to mess this up. I've got a five-year, I've got a 10-year, but God, you can have it. Everything I have is yours. And invite him in, not, not to your problems, but to your life. And watch what he does. Watch how he moves and directs you. He wants to direct your steps, not just your problems. He wants to direct your steps in everything that we do. We see this over and over. This is what God wants to do. He wants to direct every single one of our steps. All of it. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says this, says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. I don't think that's hard. But then here's where it really gets hard. He says, and lean not on your own understanding. That's where it gets hard. Because I'm like, well, this makes sense to me. Imagine you're Joshua and these people, and you're like, obviously everything makes sense. Look, they came, they look all worn out. They're they're probably from a faraway land. They stay there from a faraway land. We've tasted their provisions. We've looked at their food. These guys, yes. Everything lined up to go ahead and make the treaty. But it was a ruse and they were lying. And they didn't inquire of God. It's when we can't or when we shouldn't lean on our own understanding, that's when it's hard. When where God's leading us doesn't make sense because our plan, it deviates from our plan and nothing's wrong. If it was bad, God, I'd seek after you, absolutely, but nothing's wrong. And it can be difficult to, to follow God's leading when he's leading you somewhere. You're like, this doesn't make sense. It's, it's not logical. And that's, so much of that is the story of how we ended up starting Life West when God laid that on our hearts because I was working at a church. I'd been there for like 14, 15 years and it was great and my family was good and I enjoyed being there and I got to, to preach and to teach and to do the things I love to do and yet God was just like, it's time for you to go and we're like, okay, where? And, and an opportunity opened up um, at Rock, Rock what is it? it was Rockford Res, now it's City, City Church Rockford. And they're like, hey, you can come up here and you can learn. And I'm like, okay, and so I did it. And I say, come up here and be a part, and I was, but honestly what I went up there to do was to be a janitor and to clean toilets and then to get a chance to just kind of learn from the different pastors there and see what they were doing and get around a different culture. That's, that's not, not a logical step. But I was like, okay, that's where God's leading, so that's where we went. And we, and we went there, and we were there, and then my, my brother-in-law in Grand Haven broke both of his legs mountain biking. Not mountain biking, excuse me, dirt biking. It's really hard to break both legs mountain biking. Please come mountain biking with us, it's fun. No, dirt biking. Okay, he was dirt biking, went over a jump, he tried to do a, a 
a triple, and he had never even done a double. And he, anyways, he breaks both of his ankles. He's pastoring a church. He's like, we need some help. Will you please come out and help? And we say, yes, we'll come out and help. We end up staying there for a year and helping there. But really, we just didn't feel that that's what God had for us. And so then we left that and need income. So I, uh, I had some stuff I'd been doing on the side. I turned it into a full-time business. And, and honestly, we did really well financially. We we're doing better than we'd ever done in our lives financially. It was great. But I was like, this isn't, what, this isn't what God is calling us to. I remember Becca asked me, she's like, how's it going? I'm like, it's going well. I said, but here's the deal. I said, I have never not wanted to go to work. I said, I don't love what I'm doing. I love the result, but I don't love what I'm doing. And, and many of you have heard this story, and that's where I was just in my tree stand praying. I'm like, God, what's next? And he laid on, on our hearts to pastor and I was like, I don't even know what that is. And he's like, I'm going to give you vision and you're going to serve people. And I'm like, that I can do. That I can do. And they got really laid on our hearts and, and we came here. Now, I looked, when he said that, I was like, but wait a second, look where you led me. I went from a really big church to a smaller church to an even smaller church. Like, and now I'm here. Like, usually it's the other way around. It's not like big church, medium church, small church own business. It's like you're in your business and you go to us and then you work your way up and then you go do your own thing. Like over here. I'm like, this is the opposite of what it should be. But we had taken these steps over step, step, step. And honestly, when we started and we began to really look at this and say, okay, this is what we're going to do, I look back now and I'm like, every one of those steps perfectly positioned us for where God has us today. I knew Adam before, but my time up there really helped Adam, who was up here worship leading today. It's one of the ways I met him was my time there. I got to know him better. I knew him before that. And so many of the different things along the way were exactly relationships that were made and things that happened were exactly what I needed to be where we are today. And I absolutely love it. But where it's hard is when what we think and where God's leading doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, and we're saying, but God's word says that he wants to direct our steps. And I understand that it can be hard. I like what it says in Psalms 34, though. But before we get there, don't put that up quite yet. I jumped ahead. It can be hard to trust, to really trust God. Because trust really comes through intimacy, doesn't it? But here's what I love. I love what God's word says in Psalms 34, 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Over and over, over and over, God has shown Becca and I his faithfulness in so many small things that it's easy to trust him in the bigger things. It's so easy because he's shown us faithful. Season we, during, during the season, we had stepped out and we're kind of working, not sure what was going on income-wise, and this was all moving around. Becca went shopping. And she decided at the store to not get, I think it was like four fruits, some melons, some grapes, and like some oranges or something like that. Four, four things she, she decides not to get, and she comes home. And she tells me, she says, oh, I decided not to get those. Not that we couldn't, we still have the money, but we just, it's just one of those things where you don't know exactly what's coming next. You're like, oh, let's not just like spend, spend, spend. Like, yeah, that's a good idea not to do, right? And so she's like, you know, not that we can't, but I'm just not going to. That's okay. And... Shortly thereafter, somebody comes, puts some food on our porch, knocks, and tries to run away. 
But we got to the door too fast. We're like, hey, what's going on? They're like, I was trying to just leave. We're like, get back. You're like, no, I just wanted to give you some, some groceries. And just that meant a lot. But the crazy thing was is when we opened it up, Beck's like, look. And she pulled out the four things that she decided not to get. God had provided the exact four things that somebody just brought over. And there's story after story after story of God doing exactly that for us. So here's the thing. If you're like the idea of just trusting in God and asking him for help, not just in the bad times, but in the good and allowing him to direct my steps, if that scares you, that's okay. Because God's word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's going to show himself faithful. And here's what will happen. If you begin to trust him in the little things, he's going to show himself faithful. And you're going to trust him again and again and again. I'm not expecting you to just jump in and trust. Trust is something that's earned. That's something that is definitely a little bit different between Becca and I. Um, Becca, door-to-door salesman, comes, knocks on the door, and Becca's like, hi, welcome, come on in. My name's Becca. Um, this is where I live. My social security number is. I mean, she just, she's like, hello, and she's ready to make friends with whoever this is. That same person comes, I don't even open the door. What do you want? And what are you doing here? And what is this? And like, I'm, I'm totally different. Like, I, I, I want to know. I'm a little more reserved in that. In fact, I was, we, we were out and I tried to use my debit card and it didn't work. And I was like, well, that's a little weird. And a little bit later, I get this phone call. And the phone call says, oh, hello, is this Samuel? I'm like, yes, it is. I'm like, well, this is your bank, and we're calling about your card, and I need you to verify that you are who you say you are because we had some stuff show up on your card. And I laughed, and the, the lady on the phone goes, what? And I said, you want me to verify? I go, how do you, you prove that, you prove that you're my bank. And the lady goes, what? And I go, you called me. I go, you prove that you're my bank. And she's like, well, I can't talk about the account unless you prove that you are who you are. And I just started laughing. I said, I'm not doing that. I don't know who you are. And she's like, well, your card's not going to work. I said, well, that's fine with me. I said, okay. I said, but you got to prove who you are. And she's like, I can't do that. I said, okay, have a good day. And I just hung up and I'm like, whatever. Call me and tell me to prove who I am. You called me. I was like, whatever. And of course my card did not work and I, it was my bank and I did have to sort it all out and eventually I got it working. But I'm a little different. I'm not that trusting. I don't just like, okay, here it is. And some of you, that's how you are with God. You're not quite so trusting. Maybe you haven't seen it. Maybe for you, that's what he's been. He's always been the, I only go to him when things are bad. But the Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, not the emergencies. He wants to be involved in it, and he wants to help you. He wants to help you. I love that it says he delights in every detail of their lives. He wants to help you. Invite him in. Just ask, say, God, I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. Take your plans. Talk to him about it. Say, God, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm looking at. But God, you know what I don't know. You can see what I can't see. Lead me. And as you take steps and God is faithful, it gets easier and easier to trust him. Again, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And you trust him and he comes through. And you trust him again and he comes through. And you trust him again and he comes through. He says, I don't want to, I don't want to just leave you. He wants a relationship with you, not to be an emergency. But don't do this alone. God wants to help you. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. 
For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.